Good evening, good evening. Uh, once again, we are in Girls Must Talk with Mrs. Gertz. And I say good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, depending on what part of the world you are in. Uh, today, we have a fascinating uh, second part of the series, the, uh, the Valuable Women in Jewish History. And uh, Bracha is going to be talking a little bit about the great women that, uh, you know, carried out um, us leaving Mitzrayim and, um, and taking us Egypt. all the way, uh, Mitzrayim, Egypt, and taking us all the way to counting of the Omer and then Baruch Hashem receiving uh, the Torah at Shavuos. Bracha, how are you today? It's so nice to have you back. And uh, it's always a pleasure to hear all the wonderful wisdom that you have and you want to share with, with the girls. Shoshana, I am, thank God, but, uh, and people might find out that I paid you to say that, so be careful. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'll, hey, I'll charge later. <laughs> this is just a joke. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I am very fortunate to have a very special friend living in Israel with me. I actually beat you to making official Aliyah a little bit before you, right. I think. Yeah, I had but but I had you are still in a, in a very special city that actually means joy and dancing or, or Ranana. What does it actually mean? Yeah, exactly. Living? Well, I hear that. Then they also tell me that it's uh, orchards. I still have to look at the right at the right meaning, but yes, it's it has to do with with joy, and and um, and dancing. Well, that's sort of a good way to open up our discussion, and I consider this a discussion, even though, as I just told Shoshana, she should be well Amen. and have blessing. Amen. Um, that I need a pill to stop me from talking too much. That's what I figured out. That That's the it. only thing that help because when I get an idea, I am actually a writer, not so much of a speaker, but I can't stop myself because the ideas start to flow. Yes. And I want to share them. So yes. you'll forgive me who's never listening that I mean well wanting to share. And that uh, Shoshana is welcome to say, Bracha, stop, I have another question or whatever. Right. And somehow tonight we're going to try to tie together the theme, which was exactly, Shoshana, I'll remind you, Jewish women, the backbone of the Jewish people. Or like my exhibit that I did for many years ago, which um, to illustrate the greatness and the um, pivotal role, of the Jewish women in Jewish history and in the history of the world and the name of the exhibit and uh, what is a forthcoming book um, is uh, Carrying on the Name, Women Who Changed the World. Beautiful, beautiful. And that, and that is not just, not just Jewish women. There are famous women through history who have done extraordinary things. Yeah. There is one woman that so many Jewish women are named after. It's a question if she was even Jewish. But we were in a war with people who really wanted to destroy us at the time. 
We had a prophetess named Devorah who helped to lead the battle, only at the insistence of the general who said he would not go out to war without her. And she was very modest and she didn't want to go out to war, but she went in the chariot with him and he felt her merit, her her spiritual power and her intellectual power was what helped be victorious. And there was a woman who realized the righteousness of the Jewish people and uh, caught the general who thought he was taking refuge in her house. And she did away with him. And uh, it's quite a story, but there are many, many women, Jewish women named Yael. And that was her name. And the question is, who was she? We don't even know. Mm-hmm. But uh, tonight, I had the, tonight I had the privilege of speaking to a very dear, dear granddaughter-in-law of mine who has six little girls. Tonight so she, mm-hmm. she had a, thank God, so far. Uh, and there could be a, a seventh, or there could be finally a little boy. <laughs> they are just the sweetest, lovely children who love to talk to me. And each one has a birthday on a special Jewish holiday. And we got into a discussion of the names of the Jewish women who are called prophetesses. Mm-hmm. Because thinks the men are the prophets. Well, they are. But the Jewish women at very key points in Jewish history, where they're helping to direct that our path should go for doing all the amazing things that has influenced morals and um, family life and culture mm-hmm. and the respect for a Jewish woman that, or for women in general, kind of stems out of the Jewish people. Even I'll give a little credit <laughs> excuse me, the Havdil, to Christianity, who, you know, the men always thought the women were just like, you you have a baby and you go back and hide in your room and the babies all belong to the men, right? Right. Not right. Not right, right, right. right. That's not not right, right. yeah. But but because of our influence, the meaning of a woman in Jewish life and family life, they have a, a woman that they practically worship. Because she was a mother, but her son was Jewish. Think of that. Okay. Nobody nobody take offense. I respect everybody whose faith in the one creator. That's the most important thing. Yes. And Jewish people do not have any commandment or any path or any um, direction that we do not, ex- uh, I, I don't know if we can say, but we tolerate, we accept, and we respect people of faith, um, understanding that there's one creator created all of us in his image. And, um, and so every single human being is holy and every single woman and child are holy because they're created within mind to make a beautiful, harmonious, loving world. Beautiful. And we're almost there. Uh-huh. So I wanted to, to, you were talking, we were going to focus a little bit and you were saying, what were the women in, in, uh, in the Torah that really helped Jewish uh, you know, the uh, Am Israel, you know, the Jewish uh, nation, to really walk the steps to get to the level of oh, receiving yeah. the, the Torah 
So you were going to mention. Uh, uh, I was going to, yeah, I was going to move ahead a little bit in the timeline. Yes. And you know, if we're listening every week, you're going to be able to begin to get a timeline in your mind. Yes. Of what period of history, in terms of world history, and the parallel in Jewish history, that these things happen. That's but good. also, uh, there is a book. Um, I think it was published in the 90s, so that's where the history be stopped then. Mm -hmm. I would like to ask the author if he's going to continue, yeah. but it is called the, the Jewish mm -hmm. Timeline Encyclopedia, mm -hmm. and it begins with what the Torah says is the creation of the world, mm -hmm. and it goes up to the 90s. And if you want to know what was happening in almost any year in the world, you can open it. And I find very interesting, simple, and brief explanations. Beautiful. And do so you know what was the author? What's the uh, author? I don't need to mention the word history, but it is how we got here. Uh -huh. And also the strengths that we're going to build on all this, this history and the strength of the good things that were accomplished and what we learned from the things not to do to get to progress to the goal that men and women and the families of the world all have dreamt from creation that the model of the Garden of Eden, where everything got along, animals didn't eat each other, people didn't eat animals, because at that time, the plants and the fruits and all the things there gave complete nourishment. Beautiful. After the flood, mm -hmm. after the flood, there was a washing away of some of the topsoil mm -hmm. so that plants could no longer give us complete nutrition. And at that time, God said you could eat from the animals, but not in a cruel way. You can't cause cruelty and pain to the, to the creatures of the world. Wow. Okay. If, if, if people <laughs> would listen to that in, you know, in, in countries in the East, Maybe we wouldn't have gotten into trouble the whole world, right? But let's continue. Let's continue. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, but our Torah tells us that God wants us even more than we do. He exactly. created the world to be full of harmony and love. Exactly. And he gave us something that creates a challenge. It's called mm -hmm. free choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Free choice in Hebrew is... If anybody's listening in my neck of the woods here in Jerusalem, it's called Bechirat Chavshit. Okay. Did I say that? Bechir, yeah, Bechirat Chavshit. So give a little, uh, you did uh, say it in English for, for could you? So I'm sorry. It's okay, it's okay. Uh, we need to, uh, to use both in English and in Hebrew. So Bechirat. Okay, you remind me. Yes. Remind me anytime I don't. But free choice the Torah says, shows how much God loves us and what a gift he gave us mm -hmm. because there's nothing more godly than the fact that we can choose. Right. But it's also a challenge because there will be a fight between the good in us and the part of us that says, oh, just relax, uh -huh. sit down, turn on the Netflix. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to change the world. Yes. Have some chips, put your feet up. Of course, once in a while you do need to, but at least what what you put in your mind should make you greater and smarter and more aware of the beauty and the light all over the world. Okay. Right. 
Right. Very, very amazing and very painful things happened to the Jewish people this week in the world. And I imagine that most of you have heard about it. Most of you may have your own views about it that are not as positive as what I would like to offer. But let's get to the fact that right now, I have to soon open my prayer book and count for tonight. That's right. I think that's number... 40 tonight, are we? I didn't uh, yesterday, yesterday was 39. Right. Yeah. So we are up within uh, uh, nine days after tonight of the holiday when the Jewish people stood at Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. And people who were not Jewish were there too, but not as a nation. Right. The only nation as a whole that said, we'll take it. That went to all the families of the earth, all the nations and families of the earth, and offered to give them the Torah. And each one had some reason why it just didn't fit in with their culture, their lifestyle, their attitudes, uh, maybe competed with what their particular king wanted to do. Um, we we'll, we can tell a joke about it next week. Tonight, That's not right, too many jokes. Right. Not so many jokes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Shoshana and I were telling the jokes about it. But, you know, it's truly serious that you have, an, uh, say, a culture who depended on rustling, uh, rustling cattle. Right. Oh, that's called feeling. We're not allowed to do that. Right. But uh, there are some cultures who say, what do you mean? If I want a cow, I go get it, you know. Right. So, um, and there was uh, things that were permitted to be cruel to women. That's not permitted in the Torah. Right. There are things that do not allow for sanctity in marriage and respect between husband and wife. So many things that the Torah says nothing doing. I want a, fa- a, a, a world where families uh-huh. are functioning like Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. Adam and Hava, mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden. Now, it doesn't mean they didn't always, they always agreed. That wasn't perfect. Right, right. <laughs> I, I guess, no. yeah, um, life was I, not perfect, I, yeah. And, you know, I mentioned that I, my husband passed away a very long time ago, but the time that we were given in which I was very happy, if yeah. he comes back, he better tell everybody he was happy too, <laughs> but we had a few different disagreements, and he being a very wise and learned rabbi, uh, I think he turned out to be mostly right, even though I, I don't quite give in, and one was, whose fault was it? that they ate from the tree. Uh-huh. The one thing they were asked to do, and only for three hours. Before Shabbos. Only from three hours from creation, you cannot eat from that one particular tree in the middle of the garden until Shabbat, until the Sabbath. If they would have waited till the Sabbath, the knowledge and the wisdom they would have gotten from eating the fruit when it was permitted would have opened up the world to be the era of Messiah, Mashiach, 
Peace, harmony forever. So uh, one thing, Bracha, that uh, I have heard many comments about this. Number one, it it is that if that would have happened, the story of the Jews would have finished so so fast because, you know, uh, nobody did anything wrong. There was nothing to repair. There was nothing to grow. So like a rabbi said, maybe it would have been Boring. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Boring. You know, there's some boring I rather have and some boring I don't. Right, 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 right. So, right, right. No, no, but I'm yeah, saying uh, if if the world, if they didn't eat from the tree, uh, you know, um, Adam and Hava, then everything would be so perfect. But perfect, not necessarily, is the best thing all the time. Uh, I think the 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 most important thing is the repairing. So that's that's why it is important to to see that sometimes uh, errors have their value, mistakes do have a value in in a growing experience. Right, or it can be interpreted in more than one way. Yeah. And actually, this is a good point that any of you want to take a pencil and write this down or type it out. It's, and it's a very important basis, and I find that many women, even who learned in higher uh, levels in Judaism, don't keep this in mind or haven't learned it. And that uh, this, it is taught... There are 70 facets to interpret, to understand, to comprehend the meaning of Torah. After all, it's God's wisdom. It's not our wisdom. And it's the way, when we learn it, it helps us acquire at least a measure of wisdom. Right. However, there are also five levels of interpretation. Correct. And it's very interesting now, some people say four. And some people say five. So are you referring to Pardes? Are you referring to Pardes? Yeah. Okay. Pardes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so we take the first sound in Hebrew or English of each word that indicates how we look at what the Torah is saying. The first word is shat, which means it's with a P-S-H-A-T. Um, you can perhaps spell it. Shots means the plain meaning. Mm -hmm. One has to know if the Torah says it and you understand the words properly, that's what it means. As I used to hear <laughs> a preacher on a Sunday morning when I lived in the boondox, and the only radio station on Sunday morning was this preacher who said, what it says in the Bible, that's what it is. If it says Noah was swallowed by a whale, he was swallowed by a whale. And he kept going on like that. Now, that's a little bit the opposite of George Gershwin and Ira Gershwin, who wrote a book saying, who wrote a, I'm sorry, a musical show, a famous musical show, Porgy and Bez, and the famous song says, it ain't necessarily so. That's right. That is libel, written in the Bible, it ain't necessarily so. Well, 
Uh, so the Jews are saying it's not true. And this preacher on Sunday morning is saying it is. Okay, but so you is, were saying Shat is, is the one level what, of, of interpretation. Shat is the level of what it says and what it is. But if you don't understand the Hebrew properly, you could still get it wrong because translations have mistaken sometimes what was actually written. And the so second one, the now second the one? one it begins with an R, Remez, R-E-M-E-Z. Mm -hmm. If you're listening in Asia, I don't know what you're going to do with the R, except that I listen in very carefully to the Korean language anyway, and it's contrary to what Korean friends have told me, you actually have an R if anybody's listening, yeah. but it's a French R. And it's also the way Israelis pronounce R in the main. Uh -huh. It's a R. It's a R. Yes. So you could say Remet. Yes. Remet, yes. Remet means hint. What does it mean, a hint? So first you know what it says is true. But there's a hint to a deeper meaning. And the hint could be that the word is supposed to end in a hey or a tough. And it ends in above. Mm -hmm. so these are different people that, and one can look and say, "Oh, there's a uh, there's a cleric, uh, a typo here." Yeah. How does a typo get into the Torah? The Torah was written exactly the same from the first time, copied down by Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu. From till today, there's not one change in the letter. The ink is the same, and they're still using a feather with a quill and the same formula how they wrote the, the written Torah in the scroll. Yeah. I mean, we have copies today. We have copies today in the Chumash, in the five books of Moses is put into a book. But it was written, and the way it was written, it is. So how can a typo fit in when Moses is writing the Torah and it's being dictated to him by God himself? So we say, no, it's not a mistake. If there's a vowel here, it means it's uh, plural instead of singular. It's indicating something deeper about the meaning of this incident or this person or so forth. So we first understand that the plain meaning is the meaning, but make sure you understand the words. The second is, look for the hints there are in a change of a letter, or even sometimes the size of a letter. Uh-huh, the size or of a letter. The, or, or the place. Say this word would usually appear as an adjective, and now it became a verb. Excellent. What is that about? So it's telling you that something happened. Very and that good. helps you to understand better that God meets it on another level. Yes, yes, yes. And then, so we have shot remes, the plain meaning, the hints, and mm -hmm. then with the dalad, the sound, the d, drush. The drush. D-R-U-S-H in English. Drush. Uh -huh. Drush means that you bring out by combining the understanding of the plain meaning and the hints and perhaps other areas of the Torah, like Medrash and uh, Talmud, and you put them all together, and then you find out that the whole idea behind Esav, or Esau, selling his birthright to Yaakov, 
had another meaning altogether when you under put it all together, or it uh-huh. had something else happening. Very, but it yeah. isn't written there, but there's a sense that it's true. Yes. That's the third. Okay, let's get through this a little fast. Yeah, let's get through yeah. And then we're up to number four, which can also be five. Oh, right. It's a S sound. Sama. Sama. And it has the word sod. Sod is in Hebrew, sama, vav dalet. Sod means secret. Mm-hmm. What's interesting that in English, sod also is the earth. And it's like the the secrets of the Torah hidden inside. You have to dig for it. And until uh, the uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the secrets of the Torah were mainly hidden from the ordinary, average, even special Jew. We learned the, the plain meaning. We learned other aspects of what it means, why it said, what was happening. But we didn't always learn how you could see the depth of God's greatness and, and, and how he's relating to us from Kabbalah. Beautiful. Kabbalah means received, mm-hmm. which means it, even though people, it wasn't revealed to everybody, it was revealed to those who were on a level to understand this very high and esoteric um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. So what's the fifth? Is another summer called Sod Shabbosod, the secrets within the secrets. And that is Hasidut. What Hasidut is, is takes the wisdom of Kabbalah from several different, now there are names for those books, like Zohar, Rea Mehemna, Eitz Chaim. They're names of, of Kabbalistic texts written by great. Um, people of of this Kabbalistic wisdom. Right. And even them I could open and if my Hebrew was as good as Shoshana's, maybe I could even <laughs> tell him what the sentence says. But I can't tell you so much what it means. And I have to tell you I'm sitting here with a copy of a dollar and that's gonna be a story I'll leave you with a mystery. Why am I sitting here with a big copy of a dollar that's like three times the size of a $1 bill, uh, American dollar? Yes. And why am I sitting here with this? And why do I have this for 36 years? And if you want to find out, you'll have to listen in next week. Oh, that's but fascinating, fascinating. It is, it is a bond between myself and a dear friend. And in Hebrew, we call that a chavera, but a chavruta is someone you learn with. Or how would you say a boy who learns with them? It's also chavruta, no? Yes, a chavruta, yes, yeah, for the bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, but it, it is a tradition in Jewish life that a person learning with a friend or a person who soon will become your friend, and you learn the Torah together, because when two learn together, it becomes more embedded and, and, and um, part of you, your experience, your friendship, your souls unite, and you, and you can um, really accomplish more with um, another person. Oh, yeah. And it's a system of learning that started from, from before we even received the Torah. Yeah. The way Jews learn 
always with a friend. Right. And they learned with a nigun, with a tune that yeah. helped them remember. Very nice. And this is, um, I am a, uh, I have a master's in music therapy. Yeah. But all that did was reinforce everything I had learned in the Torah. Mm, and that good. is, if you want to remember something, make it part of you, make it meaningful to you, you use as many of your senses as you can yeah. to, uh, to learn. So if you write it, you sing it. You dance it. <laughs> and you feel it and you experience it. And that's that's the most important yeah, thing. And the small children, they color it, yes. they paste it. That's I right. remember when they were pasting a picture of Abraham lying down at night with the stars above him, having a dream how God said he will give them Israel for all generations Beautiful. and how the children mm -hmm. will become as much as the stars in the sky and the sand on the Edge yeah. of the sea, and they love, and they put sand on the paper. Beautiful. They, bracha, bracha. We were we're we were going to do a little bit just to finish up, uh, talk yes. a little bit about uh, Miriam and why it's why uh, okay. her so, example okay. was important, and then we're in you know women's uh, valuable uh, in in so the I'm, Jewish. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through this quite quickly, and yes. then. From questions that people will give to Shoshana, whatever, we go back and go over these things yes. in a little bit more depth so you can absorb them. But um, we gave you here, how do we know what the Torah says? How do we know what it means? And I gave you one basis for how we understand and interpret. Also last week, we spoke about the first Jewish woman, Sari Menu whose a word when it came to Jewish children to the next to to our to our posterity, her word was more or less law. It doesn't mean they didn't discuss it, but she had to be respected. And from her we learned how the Jewish woman influences all the generations. Mm -hmm. So and uh, Sarah's first had one son, Yitzchak, who carried on the name, but the name of the Jewish people, not just the name of Sarah right. and Abraham. And he had, okay, two sons, but um, the point is that she was the one who said Yitzchak is the one to carry on. Then okay. she, Yitzchak, married an amazing woman named Rivka. And Rivka was only three years old when she was picked out by a servant of Avram and said, this woman is so full of kindness and modesty and thoughtfulness. She could be the one to suitable to carry on the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. And even though everybody thinks she got married at three, no, she was only engaged. <laughs> right, right, right. She was only engaged. Yeah, right, 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 right. Until she became of age. But mm -hmm. meanwhile... She, mm -hmm. her, her parents said, what, it's me, you know, you have time to prepare for your wedding. Okay, we heard that Yitzchak was a good guy. We'll, we'll let you go, but we'll stay here. You'll prepare for the wedding. We'll get you things and this and that. She didn't want to stay one more minute in the house where her own family were a very doubtful character. Mm -hmm. And she somehow with her own natural common sense, knew that the way to behave was not like what she saw in her home. 
Right. It could be she had a nice mommy, but her mommy wasn't allowed to say much in those exactly, days. Exactly, exactly. So Rivka, it says, comforted Yitzhak for the loss of her mother, his mother. That's beautiful. And she relit the candles that, that, uh, that Sari Menu lit and that stayed lit from Shabbos to Shabbos. There's much more to say about them, but let's go on. Yeah, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had we had then Rivka and then and then uh, Rivka's son Yaakov Jacob mm-hmm. um, married four ladies. Now you want to discuss what's this with all these ladies? It's very interesting, very important, very beautiful. And very deep to understand that these women who married Yaakov understood that they had a role to play in history and in life, and that he was on a level, though it was not something he wanted. He wanted only one wife, and that's the tradition in Jewish life: right. one wife. One wife. But different circumstances sometimes makes demand for survival. That's it. that's understandable. And, and, uh, we have we have a place here in Israel called Marat Hamachpena. Right. In a gent- we, we we translate the cave of our forefathers. But if you want to really know that a Jewish man is better off marrying one wife, although more are permitted under very special circumstances, it doesn't happen anymore. It's forbidden now. Right. That's <laughs> another long. Uh, class. Well, but, yeah. but in that cave is buried Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Yes. And their wives. And oh, also Adam, Adam, and Chava. Adam and Eve are buried there. That's correct. So, um, and, and then Hashem made this a man have one wife. So it started out that way. Um, and we'll go back to what happened in the Garden of Eden later as to my argument with my husband who right. was right and who was was Adam wrong for eating the apple or this wasn't an apple it was a special fruit that grows in Israel yes. and, and that's a discussion also which fruit was it but okay but was it Chava's fault or was it his fault and why and I'll, I, I still say I'm right We'll find out one day. One day we'll find out what what we were done. Yeah. And so then uh, after... uh, uh, After... Several hundreds of years to when the Jews, as as God told Abraham, your children will be slaves for 400 years, but they will come out and they will become rich and they'll be rewarded. So this did come to pass. And the Jews knew about that prophecy, but it sure took a lot of hanging in there 400 years to wow. say, we're going to get out of here one of these days. Right. And then came Moshe, Moses, saying, I'm the one who was chosen to help you be redeemed. Not to redeem, God redeemed us. Right. But he was sent by God, you know, the burning bush, and right. he must go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, and he didn't want to go because he said, I can't talk good. So Hashem said, your brother will go with you. And there's another beautiful thing about Moses and Aaron, his older brother, who was never jealous that Moses was chosen for the lead role, so to speak, in all of this redemption. Uh And and we have to mention also, we have to mention uh, Moses' uh, wife. You're, you're right. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. Absolutely. So her name, okay, Zipporah. Zipporah, right. Okay, so we'll tell more about Zipporah. She's not included as a woman who is a prophet, but her behavior certainly ranks like that. We have many women who rank on the level of being understood as so righteous in their leadership role, their insight into what they had to do to keep the Jewish people going and the dream of the Jewish people to bring us to an age where uh, the one creator is recognized by the whole world, not necessarily a religion. We're just talking that we all recognize the creator and have basic moral laws. Nobody's telling someone else what religion they're supposed to be part of. Right, that's beautiful. Except, Mm -hmm. except, you know, when it's idol worship and cruelty and sacrificing people, that doesn't exactly fit in with our plan. However, we're not directly involved in that. People should understand, who's ever listening, who is or is not uh, Jewish, that we are here to try to follow the path that God gave us and set a good example and when we have a Jew here and there who doesn't, we're pretty upset because it's really like having a brother who didn't behave nice and it's really upsetting because we want to represent goodness in the world and uh, there's been so much persecution um, uh, you know expulsion yeah. Uh, so much prejudice because of people not wanting God to come and tell them what to do. Exactly. And there's people who says, but I'm just doing what God told us to do. You don't have to do it, but you could at least recognize to be good, to be nice, to be kind. Right. So, right. Okay. So okay. we're going to go all the way down to Egypt. And yeah. on the way, as uh, the children of Yaakov, and they were already like grandchildren, were going down to Egypt. It says 70 souls went down to Egypt. Yeah. And on the way, a very special woman was born. So it became 71 souls. Her yeah. name was Yochebet. Yochebet. And she, when she got to Egypt and grew up a little bit, she became the mother of, first of all, Aaron, the older one who was, you recognize Aaron or Aaron right. as the brother of Moses. Then came Miriam, mm-hmm. and then came the real deep and really suffering era of slavery and cruelty and oppression. And the father of, uh, and the husband of Yochebed and the father of Miriam, also considered one of the four perfect tzaddikim, perfect righteous person that ever lived. Mm-hmm. He separated from his wife mm-hmm. and actually gave her a divorce. Right. That's like our our system is it has to be done in a proper way. You don't just throw your wife out. You take care of her. Exactly. Very, said, yeah. Such a cruel world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't bring children into this world. Yeah. And Miriam said to her father, and she was less than five years old. So she's sort of following in Rivka's footsteps, young children with great wisdom and insight, and she became one of the prophetesses of, in Israel. Beautiful. So she says to her father, you are worse than Pharaoh, Pharaoh oh, wow. because, he, because he throws in the boys in the river, wow. but you're making sure there's no girls either. Right. 
And that argument convinced her father, the great man, um, Amram, which means father of a great nation or something like that. No, great. Is that, yeah. am I translating it right? Yeah. And, and he said, you know, you're right. Right. <laughs> it's like, he was also, this is also a beautiful thing about our tradition. Yes. That we listen, if a child speaks the truth, we listen. Yeah. We don't say, who's this kid telling me something what to do? And we have instances in the Torah where children or people come to Moses and say, why isn't it written in the Torah what we do about this and what we do about that? Right. And God plays a role in the story for mm-hmm. us to see that God is listening. Right, right. He could, have, he could, have, could have incorporated some of these things in the original written Torah. Right. Right, right. He wanted us to be roused up and have a relationship with him, that certain things have to be spelled out that weren't originally spelled out, although it's all written now. Yes. So, so Braha, we're coming to the end so of we we're coming to the end of our series. So yes, uh Yes. When he said right, there was a wedding, I guess who danced and sang the most uh, who, at the wedding. Who sang and danced at the most? Come on, Shoshana, I'm putting you to the test. <laughs> <laughs> no, this time I'm going to have you answer it. Um, this time I'm going to have oh, you answer it. You know the answer. Of course it was Miriam. Because she says there is going to be another child born. Isn't and that beautiful? is the one who's going to redeem the Jewish people. So if it wasn't for Miriam to, to really, to really uh, you know, encourage her parents right. to to continue the legacy of Peru, uh, there would have been a Moshe, a Moshe and it would have been, in, uh, well, Aaron was already there, but it wouldn't have been a writing of the Torah. Look how important the role of, uh, you know, of the Jewish women exactly. and family. And when Moses was born, it says the house was filled with light, and you know, heaven knew he was the one. But they had to hide him. They were really throwing the children into the river. Wow. And these little babies. And you want to know something? All my life I read the story. And on Passover we read it in the Haggadah, the story of Passover. And I heard it. I also heard there's a medrash, a level of Torah that teaches us that God sent angels and pulled them out. Yes. And it took them to a very hidden place somewhere in the boondocks mm-hmm. in Egypt where the subway did not run. Mm-hmm. And he raised those children and fed those children so that when we went out of Egypt, those children went out also. Beautiful. But that's the Medrash. Beautiful. That's the Medrash. Yes. Yes. But this week, now I will bring in this week the 33rd day of the counting to get the summer. We have to count them. Okay. Beautiful. This week, Lot Balmer, the 33rd day, it became, I hope, internationally, most of you have heard about it, because apparently letters and offers of help came in from all over the world because of this terrible tragedy of the crowd, supposedly the crowd, but it's, there are other issues going on. We don't know yet exactly the reason. Well, exactly. 
to the end of their lives, 45 Jewish people, one a girl, and maybe there's others I don't know, but I saw tonight while I was listening to some very peaceful Hasidic music to calm my soul from the sadness. And suddenly, go, you know how these ads go on? Yes. Suddenly comes an advertisement, I realize what are these faces? And there's a candle burning, and there's different music playing. Yes. And I see it's the faces of all these souls that were lost. Yeah. So, and you know what, um, Shoshana? Yes. It's the first time that I could hear the story of throwing Jewish babies in the water. Wow. Wow. And cry. Wow. I never did. It was just a story that I heard since I'm a little girl. Yes. And it's so long ago. But now it was this week. Exactly. And it was uh, some very young, two brothers, fathers of eight and nine and ten children. Uh, one boy came from America. Yeah. And his father said, don't go back to Israel now. Your sister's getting married in a few weeks. Stay here. And he said, no, I must go back to learn Torah in Israel. Wow, wow. And, and, and then and one that was just a father for for uh, a little girl for five days and a singer. Uh, um, that... oh, yeah, a very beloved singer. Yes. But this one boy who said he wanted to go back told his father on the way to the airport, Abba, Father, the reason I really want to go is I want to be there for Lagba Omer by the Rosh. Uh, and he was taken. Wow, wow. So, so and, that, and another, another little boy was apparently, I don't know how old he was, the, he, the parents said, he wanted so much to go, and it always was a big crowd. And the parents said, if you do this and this and this, maybe he did all his homework, maybe he helped in the house. Mm-hmm. There's more detail, but apparently he was a very righteous child. Mm-hmm. And he did everything so he could go. He earned the right to go, and he went. And, of course, they never saw him again in this life. Yeah. Now, Jewish people understand that there's a meaning to this, even in the number and how it happened, and who these special people were. There's a meaning to this way before, way above our understanding. Mm-hmm. And the Rashi is, stands for Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who hid out in a cave with his son mm-hmm. for 12, I'll say 13 years, for different ways to understand the timing. Mm-hmm. In order to continue learning Torah, because the Romans were in control of Israel at that time when he was living, yes. and they uh, uh, sentenced to death anyone who learned Torah. In fact, Rabbi Akiva perished in a terrible, torturous way by the Romans, mm-hmm. but he did not win. Yes. Rabbi Akiva, the one who said the most important principle in the Torah is love your fellow as yourself. So the Rashbi was his student, and um, I'm not going to go into all the background except that he said, when my time comes, and he did not live a long life, when mm-hmm. my time comes, he told his students, yes. I want everybody to be happy. I want it to be a day of celebration. 
Because when, our, when we do in this world the mission we were sent for, and many of us, and I've found this since I came here to Jerusalem, I've been here before, but when I made actual the decision, I'm here forever for life and have my home here now, thank God, yeah. that um, people come to me and they say, I need to find out what my mission is in this world. How do I know what God wants from me? Interesting that people are searching their hearts and souls now. And any of you who are listening have a feeling of searching and trying to find what am I doing here and what is it, what can I do to really fulfill my particular abilities mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. opportunity. I love to talk about that. It's not that I know all the answers, but yeah. I know where you might find them. One of the answers is what's difficult for you to do that's what god wants you to do beautiful you, con beautiful. you conquer beautiful. but you also look into what it is you love what do you like what do you feel good doing beautiful. and i'm not talking about eating potato chips by the netflix <laughs> <laughs> we, we, love, we love brachas uh cute little jokes bracha sweetie we <laughs> want to thank you very much the time is up and we will continue we will continue, and uh, anyone that wants to really uh, write to us, you can write uh, girlsmusttalk777 at gmail.com. And write any questions you have, anything you want to know. Bracha is very knowledgeable in, in this area about uh, the importance of, of the role of the Jewish woman in in uh, you know in Judaism that has always held up the whole nation uh, and you know some people more and more are seeing the important role that the woman has for Am Israel to survive and with this can I make a, can I make a final uh, final yes please yes 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 this yes. Because we learned that Miriam, as a little girl, five years old, was dancing and singing because her parents were getting married. And she knew also there was a special child yet to be born. But in the Torah, we have a special concept called Ma'asela Avot Simon Levanim. Something that happened to our forefathers is assigned to the future for history. Yeah. And when the women went out, when the Jews went out, they went out very fast. This is the time to go. Para wasn't just chasing, it was not chasing them yet till later. But they, but God said, you got to go fast because it has to be on time. It has to be when I promised and they have to go fast. And everybody knows they, they didn't have much time to pack and they could only take with them uh, enough food that lasted until the mana began to fall. Yes. But nevertheless, the women took with them. Now, who has the hardest time packing? Oh, okay, women always. Women are always yeah. packing the details. Yeah, they're packing for the children and the baby clothes. And there the you night. go. There so, you go. But what did they take, Shoshana? They took their tambourines and their flutes and their drums. And, and collected and all the jewelry. Collected all the jewelry from. Uh, yeah, but that, there was, but there's more jewelry later by the by the. Right, 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 right. But uh, yeah. The point is that they took all these musical instruments. Correct. Jewelry. If they were given jewelry or they were given payments, of course everybody's going to try to pack that. 
Right. Why right. did you get tambourine and a flute? Because you're not going to eat it. No, because they wanted to experience the the beauty of receiving the Torah, and the way to do it was bringing you know their 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 instrument to dance, and at the same time while dancing, feeling the beauty of receiving the the Torah. Um, yeah. Now and but even before, before they actually finished counting the days, was when God opened the sea, That's and correct. they went through and escaped from the pursuing tremendous, powerful army of Pharaoh, the most powerful nation in the world at the time. I imagine turning around to find the whole power of the Soviet Union or the you United know. States is chasing you and your little band of friends. You I know. know, I know. So, yeah, that's beautiful. So the point was, they knew there was going to be yet another level of salvation, another yeah. level of redemption, another level. And it was also in the original promises God gave us. Like there were four Jewish mothers. Yes. There were also, that's Sarah Rivka Rachaleo was speaking here. But yeah. there were four cups of wine at the Seder. What are we celebrating? And and four sons, but that's another thing. A lot of fours in the Haggadah story. Yes, so we'll continue that. We will continue that for the next I'm series. I'm going to say there were four promises. Yes. And I won't, I'll tell you the promises next week. Okay. But they know that one of the promises can promise some kind of amazing uh saving of our lives. They didn't know what it was. They're going out of Egypt already, but they were the women had the insight that it was going to be something bigger. The men did not bring instruments. Right. Women did. Right. And that's not just Sarah Rivka Rafaleya. All the women were coming with tambourines. Beautiful. It's a big deal today that in every Jewish home practically we have some tambourines with ribbons that's and we're ready. Right. Because we're going to see a big salvation coming from all the darkness and confusion now and the pain. We are going to see a big salvation for the whole world. And we should be prepared for singing and dancing of the joy that is. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll be next week continuing this series. Thank you, Bracha. And have a good Shabbos, everybody. Good job. Thank you, and I'm sorry if I left too many hanging chats. Don't worry. Well, but next time we'll, we'll, we'll thank you very much.